Sports stories from the 419 in Northwest Ohio brought to you by a voice you know. It's time to go around the area and around the Hearn. Hello there and welcome to a midsummer edition of Around the Hearn wrapping up the month of July. That means we're just about three weeks or so from the start of a high school sports. The same night that high school football kicks off on August the 20th, high school soccer kicks off. It's kind of weird. Normally, it's a week in between of those two things, but with the expanded playoffs and the length of the season, season gets moved up a week for football, and it'll start on August the 20th. We'll talk about that coming up here in just a bit with the publisher of the Black Swamp edition of Touchdown Publications magazine covering the world of Northwest Ohio football. Lynn Grohl will be the guest this week. Good talk. Coming up here in a few, we talk about a lot of things, get a look at a lot of the teams in Northwest Ohio, talk about the magazine. That is coming out in the next week or so as well, and I really enjoyed it. First time I've gotten to sit and talk to him, and a lot of things and a lot of people in common in our lives. does a terrific job. You can find the uh, publication on a Black Swamp's website, Black Swamp Football, and uh, just a, a great talk coming up in a bit. Taking a look around the area, not a ton of things going on. It's summer. And we get ready for the start of the fall, like I was saying. The biggest news the last couple of weeks since I got to do one of these shows, Cole Fishbach steps down after a year at New Knoxville and the boys' basketball coach as of July the 14th. Uh, hopefully Knoxville will be able to come up with a coach and a uh, young representative for the barn as well. Cole's been on the show before. You can hear one of the uh, earlier episodes. They're all on iTunes. And wherever you get your podcast, where he talks about taking the job and kind of coming over after playing at Delphi St. John's. But good luck to him and everything that comes next. Biggest news in the area, Lima Locos. Drop game one of their series with the Sandusky Bay Ice Haulers. A couple of nights ago, came back, though, to take the next two, including 8-5 last night. And they will play Hamilton, the Joes, in a three-game set that will start in Cincinnati on Thursday night. Game two will come to Simmons Field on Friday night for the championship. I expect that it's going to be packed. And the Locos, just about a month ago, everybody kind of wrote them off. They were able to make a big run in their last 20 or so games and get to this point, beat the Ice Haulers, who uh, were the number one seed in the North. Congratulations to them. Speaking of baseball, Acme, a week or so ago, defines outlasted Tenora, picked up their 11th all-time Acme title. Junior Acme, well, that was one by defiance as well. So Tom Held's crew with a lot of great things going on. Got to do a couple of those games on WZOQ Radio and on the uh, Tenora Rams Sports Live Network. And uh, just a, a lot of fun at Elida and a great tournament held there by the Bulldogs. Legion, turning the attention to that. Napoleon eliminated Sydney in the Legion tournament 10-9 yesterday in a wild game. Went back and forth. Napoleon actually dropped their first game 9-8 a game that they trailed, I think, 8-2 to two at one point. Uh, Sydney gone, though, for the season. A lot of great area kids, a lot of Minster kids, Fort Loramie and Rushi and Sydney on that team and had a blast covering uh, Legion baseball all summer long as well. Maybe if uh, Napoleon makes the finals, you might be able to hear that one tomorrow with my voice on it. We'll see how it goes. Mary Kelly Mulcahy, the Lima Central Catholic and future Finley Golf for one another tournament. The 38th Junior Tour Championship by a shot yesterday. That's big news by itself. Another tournament that she puts in the trophy case. 
And this is cool. The third annual Van Wert World Series of Wiffle Ball coming August 7th at the B.O.B. Jubilee Park in Van Wert. Lee Kinsel and Taylor Auto Sales still taking teams. Give Big E a call, 419-203-1186 to be a part of that. Just a fantastic thing that they're doing every year, and it sounds like a lot of fun. Ohio State recruiting news. Kalen Etzler from Crestview has also been on the show. You can go back and hear that one as well. Uh, He's going to redshirt his freshman year in Columbus. His head coach said, yeah, you know, this is a thing that we talked about before. He knew this when he was coming. And uh, see how kind of how that plays out. Right across the way, the other view, Lincoln view, Colin Overholt signed to play baseball at Ashland for the Eagles. That's going to be, uh, I think, a great fit for that young man. New fields, thanks to the Maumee Bay Turf Company. Ada and Bath, the two uh, newest to get the uh, turf fields that most recently Spencerville put in a couple of years ago. Tyler Leopold from Ottawa Glendorf finally uh, chose where he's going to play collegiate football. That'll be the University of Akron. And Ohio Northern's lacrosse coach, Nat St. Lorraine, coached the Premier League lacrosse all-star game last weekend. That's a great honor and shows how good that program has become at Ohio Northern. And the uh, TBT tournament, a lot of uh, locals that have played around here in high school basketball, Aaron Kraft, and John Diebler, both Ohio State Buckeyes, played for Carmen's crew. Luke Kanapke from Marion Local and the University of Toledo, playing for Mid-American Unity. Ryan Mikesell from St. Henry and UD, playing for the Red Scare. And Will Voorhees from uh, Columbus Grove and uh, Notre Dame College, playing for the Underground Kings, which I think might be the coolest name of that group. That's just kind of a look at things that going on. I'll talk to uh, Lynn Grohl all about high school football in Northwest Ohio and about Black Swamp. Touchdown Publications magazine that's coming out here in just a few. When we come back. Danny the Dealmaker, are you ready? Ready for what, Eric? Brand new cars and trucks are rolling into Lee Kinsel Chevy Buick GMC again. That's great, because we need pre-owned trades big time. Yep, Danny, have I mentioned lately how much respect I have for this country? Not in the last five minutes. Even the virus can't keep us down. GM workers are back strong and building the best there is. And we're here proud to represent the greatest products on the American road. Chevy, Buick, and GMC. And I love how so many of us in the area have remained positive, helping each other and staying the course. No matter how long this situation takes to resolve itself, please keep this in mind. Lee Kinsel GM Sales and Service has been around for 50 years, and will be around for another 50 years. Wherever you're listening, you're always welcome here in Van Wert. At Kinsel's, it's all about clear, easy-to-understand deals, best quality pre-owned vehicles, top-of-the-line financing, and world-class service. See us online at LeeKinsel.com. Call 866-LEE-KINSEL. Better yet, stop in at 650 West Durban Road in Van Wert. Thank you for finding new roads to help us rebuild the American economy. Dove award-winning van Sidewalk Province is bringing their great big family reunion tour to your area. Don't miss this night full of the hit songs you love and an unforgettable live concert experience. Sidewalk Profits, great big family reunion tour this summer. Premium ticket options available. Visit SidewalkProfits.com to secure your tickets today. Believe it or not, as we sit and record this, football is less than a month away in the start of the fall sports season. And I thought, what better time than to take a look at a lot of what's coming up in Ohio and in the area. And nobody better to do that than Lynn Grohl, the uh, publisher of the Black Swamp edition of Touchdown Publication Magazine. All of Northwest Ohio football, you can pretty much get kind of a feel of things that are going on. You have to be kind of in a super busy position right now, I would think. 
Uh, actually, I'm in a little bit of a downtime. We got the magazine off to the printer uh, about a week ago. So got a couple weeks of downtime before they get it printed and we started distributing it. So yeah, got a little bit of downtime here before football season really, really gets going. Well, at least you got the hard work out of the way. You can brag about that rest a little bit. Yep. Yep. Got 57 stories out of the way. Actually started uh, some of them in uh, February of 2020. So it's been, uh, you know, a year and uh, almost uh, four, six months that we've been working on some of the stuff. So glad to get it off and off to the, off to the printer and, uh, and talk about real football and, and those kinds of things. Now, I know doing a little bit of that kind of on research for the radio and myself of you want to you, you kind of have an idea when you come up with a story that far out. But with the way that 2020 went and the maturation of a lot of the teams in the area, I mean, how much did point A to point Z sort of change in a lot of the things you were looking at? Um, a little bit. I, I wouldn't say a lot. Uh, we kind of looked at who the features were going to be for this year from, uh, the juniors that were good a year ago. Um, last year was a little bit, it was a lot more crazy than this year. It, it, it's uh, a good place that we're, uh, kind of back to normal this year. And do what we want to do. We had to make a lot of changes on the fly a year ago at this time. And we're unsure of actually what we're even going to do. Uh, when August rolled around a year ago in 2020. So just happy things are back to normal, and, and we're going to hopefully have a, a relatively normal football season. Now, as far as the magazine itself goes, you've obviously done a lot before this for people who might not know. How do you get to the point of the magazine itself? I mean, how do you get from what you were doing before to, okay, we're going to take on this big grandiose thing? Yeah. So when the Defiance College football coach, Manny Matsakis, came uh, four years ago to Defiance, he'd actually done this in southeastern Ohio. He was in West Virginia, the Columbus area, uh, up into the Cleveland area as well with this. So when he came, he was out of coaching at this time when he did this. This was probably uh, mid-2000s, so it's been 15, 15, 20 years ago when he kind of started this. So when he came, he's like, hey, if you ever want to start a football magazine, I did this. Um, down in southeastern Ohio and some other areas, I kind of had the knowledge of how the the things work. So he's like, if you ever want to do this, let me know. So two years ago, kind of got this into my head that, hey, this is a pretty good idea to do a preseason football magazine, get it out there when uh, practices start each year, and went with that. And it's kind of been history since. Uh, So this is our third year. A year ago, we did not do a preseason magazine just because it takes the printer about 15 to 18 business days to get it printed. So with them not deciding that we were, that they were going to have a season until about mm, a week and a half before the season, we didn't have time to get it printed and out to the general public. And there was also talk of the season going to the, the spring. So we didn't want to print thousands of magazines and we don't have a season or it goes in the spring. And then the, the data is kind of out of date. So, a year ago was a little crazy. Uh, our first one was two years ago in 2019. So we're back to normal this season, uh, doing a preseason magazine. Um, and it'll be out, uh, sounds like beginning of next week is when the printer is telling us they'll have it done. And we'll we'll get it out there to folks. And uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully everybody likes it. How many times did you quit the first year? Oh, geez. We actually, the first year we started this in June. So we had about six weeks to throw everything together. Now the first year we only had, we only covered 26 
schools that first year. So it's not 46 like we're covering now, but um, it was uh, it was a rat race, to be honest with you, the first year. We were scrambling to get everything done, um, and it was it was nuts the first year, honestly. And then a year ago was crazy, too. But, um, yeah, two years ago, just, just kind of a, a crazy sequence of, of deciding to do it in May and then happened to get it done by the middle of July. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm dedicated to it and I, I knew what, uh, had to be done and kind of, kind of plugged along, I guess. Well, it's just kind of funny. Cause I can just imagine that, you know, it's like anything, the first handful of times there, there's this bump, you didn't anticipate whatever you get the second, third, fourth time. And you're just, Oh yeah, this is simple. Why didn't I, why didn't I think of that the first time? Yeah, you're right. And this year was a lot simpler, even though I was writing, uh, I did 57 stories. Um, you kind of learn and you get the experience and, uh, it, it just becomes a little more natural, but yeah, you're right. Uh, you, you figure some things out the second and third time you do something for sure. In addition to the magazine coming out here pretty soon, you've also got blackswapfootball.com. You've got to keep that up and kind of try to keep up with the news. I mean, it seems like this offseason, maybe more than I can remember in Northwest Ohio specifically, it's all about coaching changes. There have been a ton of coaching changes. Yeah, we did have a ton this year. I'm trying to add them up in my head as you were asking that question and there was probably at least, um, I would say, eight to ten in, in my coverage area of the forty of the forty uh, six schools that I cover. And yeah, it's it's crazy. WBL, which you know very well, a lot of coaching uh, turnover there. Uh, there was a lot up in the Toledo area as well with the track and the NLL. Uh, the GMC has had a lot. Green Meadows Conference. Um, but yeah, it's been a it's been a crazy year, and you know, coaching. Turnover is uh, is something that happens a lot more than what we had 20 or 30 years ago. You don't see the coaches that stick around for 10 to 20 years like we used to have, and uh, it's uh, it's more demanding than it used to be. It's a it's a 365 day a year job, and um, it's it's just hard for guys to commit to that kind of dedication anymore. I had Doug Fry on the now former St. Mary's coach when he talked about his retirement back in March. He's still helping out because you never really get away from it, especially if your son is promoted to being the head coach. But how much do you think uh, a lot of coaches have talked about maybe after 20 and all the extra things they had to do, older coaches, that maybe the writing was on the wall a little bit because they didn't necessarily want to deal with all the things coming. Did you get a sense of any of that from any of the coaches you talked to? For sure. Absolutely. I do. You know, you have the seven on sevens that start in June. Uh, it used to not be that way. It was, you know, they had some weightlifting in the, in the summer and in the off season, but now it's the, uh, the seven on sevens and the camps and all these other things that you have to do and the, uh, the dedication and, uh, kids specializing in one sport and, you know, they want to be, you know, in the weight room throughout the year. And uh, it's, it's just changed the culture of football and the dynamic of change big time. And, yeah, you know, Doug Fry is a guy that has experienced that big time throughout the years. He's been around for decades and, and knows how it's kind of changed. But uh, it's definitely something that is uh, that has evolved over the years. We talked about uh, coaching changes as the number. It seems like half the WBL this year changed with Kenton, Defiance, St. Mary's, all in that group that – have really been 
stalwarts in that coaching spot for years, but with Defiance making that coach, uh, you have a, an article from May on the website talking about Travis Cooper. You talk about how he feels like a great fit. Why does that kind of seem like it works perfect for you? I think it does. Uh, Travis has uh, he rebuilt Brian. He went to Wasion and rebuilt that program a little bit as well. Um, not quite what he did at Brian. Brian was a huge. I mean, that was a huge undertaking for him. But I think the kids really like Travis. He's um, he's hard on the kids, but I think they respect him. He gets the kids excited to play football and to compete. And just talking to some of the people on the inside of Defiance um, and, and hearing some things of how they've competed on seven-on-sevens this, uh, this summer, he's already changed that culture. He's got those kids buying in. And I think you're going to see a very different Defiance team. Um, you know, the last few years, they've been, uh, they go into games and it, it's kind of been a, a pushover for the other team. Defiance is not really pushed back. I don't think you're going to see that anymore with, with Coach Coop there. He's going to have those kids competing. Um, are they going to are they going to go 10-0 this season or, or win the WBL? Um, probably not. I mean, that would be a huge, huge turnaround if he did that. But I think they're going to go into each Friday and they're going to compete and they're going to give each team that they play a tough game. And that's really all you can ask. Give him two, three years, and I think he will have that program right up there at the top of the BBL like Jerry Beauty had it for many years, uh, starting there in the early 90s up through the early 2000s. Well, with Travis being a Fairview graduate and them hiring a new coach this year, was there ever a thought that he was going to maybe go home, so to speak, or was that – just kind of a, uh, it, it wasn't a fit at the time. It wasn't a fit. Now, if you talk to Fairview people, that to the, probably I would say the majority of them were expecting who they would, who they wanted was, was coach Coop just because he's a 98 grad from there, um, has, has kind of rebuilt some programs, has that, uh, coaching history. I think that's who they thought was probably going to be the favorite, but he was never a, he was never really a candidate for that job. And he told me when I talked to him in May was, Hey, defiance has always been my dream job. This is where I want to be. Um, he lives in defiance. His wife is from defiance. And I think it's just a, a good fit for him. Uh, he coached with, with Jerry beauty back in the, in the two thousands. He's coached with coach held the baseball coach there, Tom, um, for many years as well. So it's just a place I think that it's, is kind of his his new home for him. I think Fairview is still, you know, his first home, but Defiance has kind of got into his blood, and he's going to do a good job there. If they can just give him some time, he will get that thing turned around, no doubt in my mind. He's, he's one of the best coaches in all the state, in my mind. I'm excited now to see them uh, right at the beginning of the season. I think it's week two when they uh, travel to take on St. Mary's on the 27th. Uh, and that's always an interesting game. And the last time, two years ago, that they came to St. Mary's, I remember the first quarter and a half, Defiance came out, put a couple of balls in the air, and all of a sudden they're 50 yards down the field, and everybody was kind of, whoa, hold up for a second. And it, then it just kind of became one of those things where not having the numbers that a team like St. Mary's does, they just kind of ran them down. But I, I'm excited. Any time that the WBL is on an upswing, I think it's good – for the balance of the league. 
Oh, for sure. And and we talked before we, we got on this call of just about the WBL and how competitive it's going to be this year. I think you can, you can throw, you know, three, four teams in a hat and, and pick them out as, as maybe your favorite this year. I don't know if there's a, a clear cut favorite, um, but I can't wait for what's going to happen in WBL this season. I think it's going to be exciting and, uh, you know, possibly um, everybody, the champion is, has at least one loss or maybe it's even maybe it's even two as competitive it's going to be um i don't know looking at it you know three weeks before kind of the, the season gets rolling here but uh i'm i'm excited about the wbl it's, it's like a lot of the conferences this season i don't think there's a dominant team outside of the gmc um with Tintra. uh i don't know that there's a lot of conferences in northwest ohio that have a kind of a clear-cut favorite going into this season I mean, I would think Columbus Grove would have to be a pretty heavy favorite in the NWC. Uh, I wouldn't throw lipstick out of the discussion. Well, that's true. I haven't, uh, I haven't gotten used to that one yet as a Spencerville guy. Yeah, and that's a new one. Um, I, and I was just down at, at Grove on, on Monday night, actually. And uh, I know they are uh, they are very concerned about what lipstick brings to the table. Coach Kirkendall has a, has a good group back, Fabian Pena, who – a year ago, did not play at all. Uh, he had an injury that he suffered the first day of practice a year ago, so they didn't have him the whole season. He started um, two years ago on their uh, regional final team that played PH in the regional championship. So they're going to be good. Um, the the NWC is going to be interesting. Um, that's an, that's another one. Uh, you probably look at Grove and Grove and Lipstick is probably the top two, uh, and Grove. You know they lost that great, great, great senior class. You can just go down the list of of the tons of guys that they had, the Blake Reynolds, the Gabe Clement, the Gunnar Kings, uh, Ezra Jones, and I'm leaving out about 12 other guys that were huge all, factors. All the basketball you know, were, team. All the basketball team. They had wrestling guys. Um, just great success. I don't know if they lost five games the last three years on the football field and, and on the basketball court in the wrestling match. So that's going to be interesting, too. I think Lipstick's going to be right there, honestly. Um with Grove, I would put those two right, right neck and neck for the NWC championship. It's fascinating to me, kind of a look a little further north than uh, what the stuff that I do, but I keep up on it. You talked about Toledo and about the track and about the Three Rivers and everything. First of all, it sounds out like everything conference-wise is a mess up there, especially from a Lima senior perspective, but Bruce Gretkowski, I mean, that, that seems like, Right place, right time, right fit, especially with everything that's kind of been uh, going on at St. Francis. Yeah, he's a guy that, you know, brings major clout. Um, recruiting's big at those private schools up there. So he no. brings, he brings, you know, he brings that name image, you know. Hey, Bruce Gretkowski is the coach at St. Francis. Now, um, I don't know how long he's going to be there. Is this his, uh, is this his ultimate destination? Um, I don't know that that is true, um, but he's going to give them a name recognition that, hey, uh, this guy played in the NFL. He was a star at the University of Toledo, but the track still goes through Cherry Street and, and Central Catholic. Um, I know the Irish and, and Coach Dempsey lost a ton of talent, but uh, he, he just reloads. So the track's going to be interesting. I still think even though Central lost a ton, they're still the favorite in my my mind down by you. Finley is they're loaded. Uh, you know, the Montgomery boys and, and uh 
Luke's brother, Ryan, who's a, a freshman quarterback, isn't even the starter, but he's already, you know, Michigan offered him. Other big big colleges are looking at him. Um, but, you know, that's another one. That's another league that's going to be interesting this season as well. Well, and I know you've been around a while and covered football long enough. I mean, how, I guess, insane is it to say how talented that young Montgomery kid is that he's already gotten shown that much interest and he's never taken a high school snap? Yeah, it says a lot. Now, it, I mean, part of it is the, the family legacy and, and that sort of thing, being the, the little brother of Luke. But from people, I haven't seen him throw a ball live, but people that I talked to, a handful of people that have, that have seen him throw a football live, and they said the ball just comes out of his hand a little bit different than other people. So he's got that it factor, and, you know, he's going to grow. Um and he's going to be something special for them. And he's going to be the little brother of Luke Montgomery, who has got every college in America after him. So people are going to know about him because you know that when they talk to Luke, they're going to also know that Ryan is, is the little brother. So uh, he's probably going to go wherever he wants to when all, all things are said and done. Um, but, from what I've heard, and, and I'm just going off of what people said because I've not seen him, him throw the ball, but I've heard he is big-time, big-time talented. A lot of the uh, cover athletes and a lot of the names on this year's edition, uh, heavy focus. We talked a little bit a couple of minutes ago about Columbus Grove, but about Route 65, throw Tyler Leopold in there from Ottawa Glandorf. And I, I'm always sad that I, I understand logistics and everything, but as someone who spends a lot of time in both communities – that OG and Grove can't strap it up and go once or twice because I think that would be a highly entertaining game. Oh, I would agree with you. I would love to see those communities play. Uh, that would be awesome, honestly. Uh, obviously, OG is is a, a few divisions bigger than Grove, but man, if if we could somehow figure out a way for uh, obviously OG only plays one non conference game with being in the WBL, but could you imagine that game uh, opening night? in those two communities, because those two communities, you know, are football crazy and, and just athletic crazy. They would they would fill both of those stadiums um, when, when they played each other. That would be awesome. And I always I always, I always kind of laugh or just kind of looking when I'm driving on Friday nights, when I'm going down 109 to Grove or OG or Lipstick or Patrick Henry, it's like you get to Patrick Henry and you can see lights from – three, four other stadiums in the area. They're, those communities are so close together. And uh, it's uh, it's interesting in that, that corridor of, of 65, like you say, yes, is uh, great football. If, if you think about it, even getting up into Henry County when you talk about Patrick Henry, because they're, they're a stone's throw away from Lipstick as well. But, uh, wow, yeah. If, if you could figure out a way to get Grove and OG to play, <laughs> I would I would be there. Right, right. You better be there a week early. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they better find somewhere bigger to play that game because probably uh, all and of I want to. I want a fifty. Yeah, and I want a fifty-fifty ticket. Right, I'd be right. like the, some of those Matt fifty-fifty. Right, the cold water down there. one. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's uh. If we can get that to go, yeah, I'll call Ken and see what he and Andy think about that. Yeah, I would love it. I mean, what what it's every coach says, you know, it doesn't. We don't care what we do outside of the league. We just want to win the That's league. True. 
now that we have 16 teams in the playoffs, hey, why not? And, I mean, how do you look at that? I have my own thoughts on that, that it's going to create more blowouts than I think that it's going to do. Money grab or good thing at the end of the day? Uh, money grab for sure. Um, why, why are they asking the coaches to uh, for these surveys and when 75% of the coaches or whatever it was uh, say that they want 12 or 8, why are we going to 16? And I and a lot of coaches that I talk to, and I'm not going to name any coaches' names, but I talk to a lot of coaches, and they're like, I'm not going to fill out these stupid surveys anymore because they're not taking my opinion into consideration when the majority of the coaches in Ohio don't want it to be 16. So why should I even do this? And you also have to look at it this way. If you want it to go to 16, you're going to fill out the survey. If you don't really care, you're probably not going to fill it out. So at the end of the day, if all, I don't know how many high schools in Ohio play football, it's 839 or 37 or something like that. But if all 800 and whatever it is, fill that survey out, I'm going to guarantee you at least 80% or at least 75% are going to say that they wanted it 12 at the most. And probably the majority would say eight. So uh, money grab. Um, I've talked to some people uh, on the inside that have some inside knowledge of how much money the OHSA is going to make off of the extra weeks of these playoff games. And it's, it's in the millions. So they stand uh, to make a few bucks. Uh, the one, the one in sixteen matchup, even the, you know, the five and twelve games, you're going to just see it, it's going to be bad. And I think a lot of coaches, and, and they said this off the record to me too in this off season once this came out, is they're concerned about their kids getting hurt in these meaningless games when you're a higher seed that has a chance at a state championship. Why is a why is a team that has a, has a chance at a state championship say a team like Columbus Grove a year ago, why would they want to play some team that's, you know, three and seven that they're going to blow out no matter what. And Blake Reynolds or Gabe Clement or Colin Metzger, whoever it is, um, gets hurt on some sweet play in that game and, and knocks them out of the state championship picture. And another thing coaches have told me off the record is they're also worried about their kids when they're like that one through four seed range hurting players on other teams like they almost have to tell their kids to tone it back a little bit because they don't want their kids hurting kids on these lower level teams um so that's a concern coaches aren't going to tell you that but i'm telling you it is something that coaches are thinking in the back of their mind that their kids could possibly get hurt and also their kids who are superb athletes are going to hurt kids on some of these lesser program um it's a concern and i know some people aren't going to like to hear that but it's it's the facts and uh it, it's uh i wish they would have kept it at eight to be honest with you well, I, I wish they would have kept it at eight it's interesting because i have a feeling that we talked to a lot of the same coaches because i have had the same off the record conversations with them um the one that always comes back to me is in all of the coverage that you have about uh, your composite schedule on the website it has Lakewood St. Ed's and uh, Central Catholic. St. Ed's is in Region 1, in Division 1, and for people who don't know, uh, they're pretty good, first of all. But uh, 17 teams are in their region. 16 are going to make the playoffs this year. 
Yeah, yeah. Division one's crazy. Um, almost all the teams in Division one make the playoffs. Um, I don't know how good that is for for high school football. I think it's to me the tradition of high school football is: hey, you have a great regular season that gets you into the playoffs. It makes it special to get into the playoffs. I think now it it takes that away, especially Division One, because pretty much everybody gets in. I haven't, I guess, did the math of how many teams don't get in, but the majority of them, like 80 or 90 percent of the Division One teams are getting in the playoffs now. So it's like, is that really a, a good thing? Um, you know, people will say, well, basketball, everybody gets in. Baseball, everybody gets in. Well, to me, football isn't baseball or basketball. It's, it's a little different. You don't see a lot of you're just not going to see an upset in football. Um, I don't know how long we're going to go before we get a maybe Division One. You'll see a one and sixteen upset, but in the lower levels, um, you know, you get a match school that's a that's a one seed. Like who in the sixteen is sixteen seed is even going to give a team like a like a, um, a Marion local or a Coldwater a game? Like it's it's not even we shouldn't even be having this discussion on it. Right. I kind of look at it uh, a couple of years ago when Marion was number one seed, they got Mississippi Valley who was seven and three in the regular season, beat them 56, six. And I remember doing that game and thinking, you know, if these kind of things, and I don't mean it as a disrespect to the Valley, but they had 22, 23 kids. And that was like the highest number they'd ever had in their program. Okay. Yeah. You look over at Marion local and they're rolling 60 deep. And it's one of those things where, you know, you're going to, kind of continue to see that. I mean, uh, Marion was a two in that same thing. So if they get a 15, they're getting Southeastern local. Well, we all know how that's going to go. I mean, I, I, yeah, I, I don't know. It's a weird thing. Yeah. And do you think the Southeastern local is going to be excited to play Marion local? Not when they make that bus I, ride. I don't think those kids are going to be excited to play that game. I, I just, I just don't, I just don't see it. Honestly. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, you know, it's one of those things where it is, it is unfortunately or fortunately, depending on your viewpoint of how things are now. And I just kind of roll with it and go, okay, well, I know for 10 weeks where I'll be calling St. Mary's games after that, any kind right. of crazy thing can happen. Right. And I, I think some of the Mac schools, you know, that go three and seven, four and six in the regular season. Now they're going to have a chance, you know, cause they're going to be in that, double-digit seed range where they didn't have a chance of making the playoffs before, but now they're playing, you know, Marion Local, Coldwater, you know, the Anna team that we had a couple of years ago. Teams like that in the regular season, the regular season, and they lose, you know, four or five, six games, they're battle-tested, and they're going to play, a, you know, uh, a four, you know, five, six, seven, eight seed, eight, nine, ten, whatever it is, in the playoffs, and they're going to be like, hey, we can beat this team because we're battle tested and we played a state, you know, two or possibly three state champion teams in the regular season. So I think conferences like the Mac and I mean, you could probably name, you could probably count those on, on one hand that that are, that have conferences like that in the entire state. And maybe not even that many, maybe the Mac is the only, the only one that is like that. But I think those teams that are under 500, um, I think they're kind of licking their chops at like, hey, we have a chance to maybe make some noise in the playoffs now. Yeah, I told somebody not that long ago, I said, just wait until the first time that every MAC team makes the playoffs, and then everybody says they cheated somehow. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm telling you, and and people don't like to hear it up here, but the Mac is just different. Um, their their kids, they run out on the field, and you know they have 70, 80 kids on their roster, and you're like, wow, you know, and they're chiseled. They're they're in the weight room all the time. It's just it's just different down there, man. And I don't I don't know that the rest of the state understands how good Mac football is. But hey, every year they have a state champion, um, and sometimes they have two, sometimes they have three, and you can't argue with that. Um, Which again and, is crazy because that means two of those teams did not win a conference title, but they were the best team in the state of Ohio. Yeah. Yeah, and, and a lot of years, I think you have, you know, the Mac probably has maybe, you know, two or three of the top five teams in, you know, Division Six or Seven, honestly. And uh, now that the playoffs are expanding, um, don't be surprised when a Mac school that is a, a low double-digit seed in that 13 to 16 range, um, that they maybe make some noise in the playoffs, I'm telling you. When you go through that regular season in the mat, it's like playing a playoff schedule. Um, so I'm thinking it's going to be interesting to see how the Mac does as as kind of the the years progress here with this expanded playoff. When you look at the season as a whole and the uh, monstrous number of games that you and your crew are covering, are there games? that you really get up for, or you're really looking forward to making the trip for whatever reason, the game itself, the atmosphere, the food, or just games where you're just, why can't we play this tomorrow? Um, you know, there's a lot of games that way. Uh, the one game I think I'm looking forward to kind of up this way is, is actually Tenora Liberty Center. I want to see what Tenora can do. And they play the first Friday of the season. Uh, you know, Tenora is a team, honestly, that can make a run at the Division Six State Championship um, you probably look at them and Cary. You throw Columbus Grove in there, Archbold in that in that Region Twenty Two mix. Um, they're obviously going to have to play a Mac school at, at some point um, in the playoffs, probably. But I think that's one that I'm kind of looking forward to. And those two schools have been playing forever. Defiance Napoleon. It's you know it's it's Defiance Napoleon. It's just the the way it is. You know every year. I think you know Finley. Toledo Central Catholic is is one this season that I'm looking forward to. Um, Columbus Grove, Lipsick, kind of that game is something that I would look forward to at this point. Um, OG and uh, kind of really anybody in the in the WBL to see where they're at. Um, you know, St. Mary's is in that mix probably too. Wapak's going to be good. Um, any of those games with OG to see where they're at. Um, we'll see what Elida can do. They have a lot back. Lima Bath has, you know, they battled a lot of injuries a year ago. Um, so games like that, Tenora, once they get into the GMC, I don't, I don't think that they're going to have any trouble. I think they will beat everybody by four plus touchdowns, to be honest with you. So kind of their first three weeks and they play Liberty Center, then they got Wasi on and then they got Lipstick. So that's going to tell us a lot about, um, Tenora. That's the team that, um, really up this way has a, has a legit chance at a state championship. And then, you know, you go over in the, into the track area and talk about Finley and, and central Catholic. Um, those are kind of the teams that I feel like are, uh, are on the upper echelon and some games that I'm looking forward to with some really good, um, division one type players that both of those schools will have on the, on the field on Friday nights. 
Well, I already pre-ordered my magazine, and I look forward to reading it every year uh, and for many, many years to come. Folks who want to do that, if they uh, don't want to pre-order, maybe online, is there? do you know where they can find the magazine? Yep, we have it in a lot of uh, areas up here uh, north further. I'm I'm actually looking for some areas down there uh, in your neck of the woods that would want to put it on their shelves, and we will give them a business, a good cut of uh, of the $15 uh, to, to sell it. Uh, main stops up this way, there's a few restaurants up this way, Enzyme's Pub and Defiance has it, and uh, if they they can't make the trek up this way you can always get it uh you can always get it online blackswampfootball.com and just uh, hit the pre-order button and we'll uh we'll put it in the mail for you and ship it out i have enjoyed this look around it first time that we've gotten to talk and people who want to and should follow you keep along with everything you've got going on you have a way they can do that they do yep they can go to blackswampfootball.com um they can go to my my Twitter page, it's just Lindrawl underscore TD Pub. Um, we'll have all the all the previews and game stories and features um, I'll put on there. Um, and then my crew that's out on Friday nights, uh, I'll retweet their stuff, or you can follow them as well that are they're going to be out there. And then uh, we also have a Facebook page. If you just uh, simply search for uh, Black Swamp Football, it'll, uh, it'll pop up for you. Is there a way you can make the next three weeks go faster? I would love to, man. I would love to, but you know what? I feel like football season, it's only 10 weeks and it just always goes so fast. It's like before you know it, it's week five and then you're like, man, the regular season's halfway over and then it's playoff time and then the whole thing is over. It's just football's that sport to me that just goes by so fast. You know, the winter sports, basketball, wrestling, uh, it seems like they just, it's like you go through fall, winter, and then it kind of gets into spring. So it just seems like it takes longer. But football is like, man, you know, three weeks in, you're already kind of a third of the way through the regular season. It just it just goes quick. But, uh, you know, the next three weeks are going to be great talking about all these teams and uh, glad everybody's back to normal the way it looks. And we're going to have all the crowds back this season because a year ago, I'm telling you, it was uh, – it was tough not having the fans there. Just It just made it different. And uh, I can't wait for those Friday nights when there's thousands of people in the stands and uh, kids run out there and just uh, just wish all the teams in our area the best of luck and to play hard because, uh, you know, it, it goes so quick like we just talked about. And uh, favor every second of it. Every yeah, second of it. It was very it, weird so, calling games last year with no fans. I just want to point that out. It, it was, wasn't it? It just. It was the parents were there, but it was like you like walked in. It was almost like you were at a funeral. You know, you just couldn't, you didn't get that. To me, when you walk in on a Friday night to a big game, you like that blood starts boiling and you start getting those goosebumps and you just get, you're like, hey, give me some shoulder pads, give me a helmet. I want to run out there. Um, and I just never really got that feeling a year ago. So I can't wait for that feeling August 19th. I'll be at Napoleon, uh, Defiance. Uh, when the plane rolls into town. So I can't wait for that Thursday night. That's always a huge, huge game. And I just can't wait to see uh, Fred J. Brown Stadium packed. That's also a good choice because they have very good food in the press box. They do. Yes. Jerry Beauty does a great job. They usually have some uh, wings and some other things up there. Yeah. You just got to beat Nate Maraquin to the, <laughs> uh, to the buffet up there, right? You know, you know how that goes. I, that's why I went to the other level. There you go. I say he you can gotta, have that one. I'll your, go to get the other pizza. I think Nate. I think Nate usually has his own level. 
I think you're right. Right, right. He had his own little uh, smorgasbord there. He does, yeah. But yeah. I, I have, uh, I have enjoyed this. I'm so glad we're able to do this. I hope maybe we can do it again at midway through the season. That'll be after at least five weeks, not three like last year. Yeah, absolutely. I would love that. Anytime. Glad to talk football with you. Thank you so much for what you do. I know you mean a lot to uh, to the Lime area and the WBL down there and, and the area you're in. And uh, I know a lot of coaches speak highly of you. So thank you for what you do for football. That's what that's what we're here for and to promote these kids and these teams. And uh, so keep up the good work. We, you know, I know I know the teams and, and kids and, and the parents and the fans appreciate what you do. That's Lynn Grohl. His check is in the mail. More when we come back here in just a few. Are you in Spencerville and looking for a place to eat before the Bearcats play? Well then, head to my place, 128 North Broadway, for deep fried mushrooms, chili cheese fries, the best pie around, and soup of the day. If you're in a hurry and just want to order some to go, you can give Doug and his staff a call at 419-647-4062 and they'll have it ready for you. My Place Restaurant at 128 North Broadway in Spencerville, a proud supporter of Bearcat Athletics. Hey, and if you get a chance, go check them out online on the Facebook. They've got specials up all the time and everything that is going on there. Support your local business. That is what this program is all about. And I hope that uh, we get to talk to you again soon. A big thank you to Lynn Grohl for being a part of this show. And again, the fall season, not all that far away. You can see what I'm doing. Shameless plug, michaelherd.com, also zsportslive.com. We've got high school football on K94, maybe some TV stuff as well. But just make sure you go out and support everything that's going on. Be safe, be smart, and we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you for listening to Around the Hearn. We hope you've enjoyed this edition of Around the Hearn. Come back next week for more local stories from the NWO. But until then, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Michael Hearn PBP for more great area content.